Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlow Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, oh, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bulk, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but... But we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickheads, you could say. It's just, it's, they're just, there's <laughs> good racing and I enjoy it. Yeah. From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars. Joining me to discuss the topics of the week is from Auto Action, Mark Fogarty. Good evening, Mark. Hello, Craig. And from Speed TV, it's... Andrew Hawkins. Evening, Craig. Evening, Mark. Good to be with you both. Mm. Fat Supercars, of course, ran with the story that Campbell Little is leaving DJR. Auto Action this week talks about the new Falcon, and they speak with Tim Edwards. Bridie's waiting on a new deal, and they also say that Penske's plans are on hold. I'm sure we'll be talking about that. One of the other interesting stories, Bruce Newton in motoring.com.au talked about the GTR being set to return to Bathurst, but Nissan's not happy with the testing clash stopping local VAR drivers from starring in the 12-hour. And that's a, a story that you've also been touching on in the Fairfax papers with, uh, whilst you're talking about the V8 push for a full field in 2015. Well, they're very loosely linked. I think the main point is that Nissan are not happy, as you say, about the clash. And I don't think anyone is happy about the potential clash between the Bathurst 12-hour and the, the V8 test day. But... It looked like, looks like happening for reasons that have been well explained. I was overseas when all this broke, and it's um, a very controversial story. But as I'll, as I'll explain much later, there may be more to it than is first apparent. But, um, yeah, Nissan apparently not happy, and you can understand why, although, you know, the reality is they're two extremely different events and draw different interests, different crowds. You know, I think we'll get over it. It's not ideal, but... You know, it's it looks like happening, and um, really, will have very little impact on each other. Except, as Nissan point out, that their drivers won't be able to compete if they run with the GT3 GTR again. But you know, we're talking about a relative handful of drivers in an international field, so I think we'll survive. Your story talking about the return to a 28-car grid. Well, yes, and I think we'll get on to that later. But that's the aim. Will it happen with the sale of these three? wrecks that were um, surrendered, handed back early this year. Well, that's the big question, and um, there's more to that story too as well. Now, Andrew Hawkins over at News Limited. They've announced the uh, Super Black Racing and Drag and Motor Racing securing spots in the Bathurst 1000, and it seems like uh, for Drag and Motor Racing, they might also be putting a car into Sandown. Yeah, it uh, certainly looks that way. And look, it's uh, no better way to warm up to, to Bathurst than enter Sandown and see how your car goes at half distance. So uh, it, it'll be a good warm-up for them to uh, to do the Sandown event. And uh, look, I'm excited for the, uh, for the three new entries to turn up for wild cards at Bathurst. It's always good to see other people come and, um, and have a go. So, uh, and look, it, it paves the way for them to, uh, you know, bring on next year if they would like to... Uh, take up the, uh, the full field as well. And Vat Supercars have also talked about how they're, they're pushing to try and get more fan experience at racetracks, and it's been a uh, it's been a goal of theirs certainly in the last few months. Well, exactly, and at uh, QR they're trying a, a number of 
you know, initiatives, which kind of a first at, at QR and, and for some trucks as well, where you'd be able to, yeah, you know, exactly like the test day, you'd be able to do a full grid walk with all the cars and all the drivers out, you know, on the on the Sunday, which is uh, which is great. Um, and you can also buy tickets to um, to QR to drive your car right up to the fence and sit in the comfort of your car and watch the watch the racing as well. So mm. two very good initiatives, and they kind of need to do something for QR to kind of give the fans a little bit more because there's. Um, you know the facilities there are you know kind of sparse, and they uh, need something to spice it up a bit. Well, more with our program guests shortly. But next, it's Garth Tander. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 supercars with Supercars Today. It's, it's no fun back there, trust me, trust me. It's no fun at all. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 supercars world. You'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it for it. So I can promise you that um, ultimately for the people who are paying for it, it's not. A, it will never happen. Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast today. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as V8 Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back, and we're unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Garth Tander joins us on the line, and uh, Garth, uh, a lot of talk about coming back, but really, you've been out there every race. You've never really left, did you? <laughs> no, not really. Um, just um, you know, obviously, as people like, they like to keep stats, and they like to do all these, you know, draw them, you know, work out who's been their longest drought and who hasn't won races for so long and been on the podium and. Clearly, those people aren't people that are involved in professional sport from an athlete point of view because, um, you know, when you're actually inside it and trying and putting as much work in as you need to, um, you know, you don't think about that sort of stuff. All you do is think about the next event and making sure that you prepare as well as you can and, and execute your your performance as well as you can. And, um, you know, on the weekend, we just showed that finally when everything goes our way and, um, you know, we've had good cars this year, but we've had some mechanical failures and some bad luck that haven't enabled us to get a result, so... Townsville just showed that when we had a bit of luck go our way and got everything put together, that um, certainly still capable of doing the job. Mm. Now, you're approaching 500 race starts. How does the psyche go when you know that the car's not quite there? And and you spoke over the weekend at Townsville about it wasn't the case. It, well, you knew the car wasn't there, but you also knew that the changes were just something that was foreign to you in in the new generation car, I should add. Yeah, well, look, the way we're going about setting the car up um, a fair bit different to what I've been used to in the past and requires a fairly different driving style to what I've driven a V8 supercar like for pretty much my entire career. So it's taken me a little while to get my head around that as far as what it requires for me to do from the driver's seat. Um, you know, I feel like probably the last two or three races I've been able to achieve that and we've started to generate some momentum going forward. And I think we proved that at Darwin... Um, you know, with a pretty solid weekend, and obviously the Townsville result was a good one. So, um, you know, that side of things, you, you know, you've always got to evolve. And I think when you don't evolve, 
and, and don't prepare, aren't prepared to change what you do as a driver, then you know perhaps then you can start thinking about whether or not you know you want to change or whether or not you want to you know look at doing something else. But for me, you know certainly. Um, you know, changing the way I drive the car, changing the way I approach things a little bit has certainly made a big difference. Mm. Now, of course, having been in V8 supercars for so long, uh, you get to a point where, do you, or do you ever get to a point where you go, I really need something new to challenge me or are you finding event to event there's always something in there that keeps it fresh for you? No, look, I think if you, unless you're winning every race, then there's always a challenge. Simple as that. You know, there's always a challenge. And the beauty of V8 supercar racing is it's so competitive that no one's really in that position. No one at the moment can certainly say that they've, are that dominant that they're bored that they need a new challenge. So, um, that's the great thing about racing V8 supercars. And, you know, for me, um, you know, that the internal challenge and the internal motivation is making sure that, um, you know, personally, um, you know, we're back at the front. You know, scoring results like we scored on the weekend at Townsville, but more importantly, we've got the team back at the front on a consistent basis, running at the front where we know we're capable of being. Mm. Four cars this year has that made much of a difference to the amount of data you can generate and getting the information back in to when it was three cars previously. Oh, look, we've run two cars, we've run three cars, we've run four cars. When we ran four cars, we ran them as Two separate teams. We ran them, and then in the, and then again, different model. We ran them as four cars complete. Now we're running them as four cars complete. You know, under the same umbrella. You know, all information's available to everyone, and certainly we get a lot of data. Um, but the thing, the difference that this time around is we've got the the right people in the right places. Um, you know, accumulating that data, analysing that data, and then acting upon that data. So. In the past, I think we were generating a lot of data, but we probably weren't using it as effectively as what we're starting to do now. So, um, you know, you have to realise that we feel that we're coming from a, a fair way behind with the cars that we had at the start of the year. And um, there's been a huge amount of work to be able to get the cars to the point where they were competitive like they were on the weekend. And it wasn't just the two HRT cars. You saw Nick Perkett was up there all weekend. Tim Slade had his strongest qualifying weekend of the year, just had a few mechanical dramas on Saturday that probably ruined his results but you know we saw on the weekend that the cars were pretty strong and the reason that we're starting to get a bit of momentum going is the data that we're gathering and generating amongst the four cars is being um, used effectively and allowing us to to make the right um, decisions as far as componentry that we design and build and put on the car. Well Garth, pleasure to uh, speak to you on the show and uh, look forward to catching up with you down uh, up there at Queensland Raceway. No worries, see you there. The views expressed on Inside Supercars including the panellists and guests do not reflect the views of the network Thunder Media or Sport Radio any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie's Cooper Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Mark Fogarty and also <coughs> Andrew Hawkins, AJ uh, Look, Tassie, being locked in for 2015, at least uh, we know a few 
destinations on the calendar and we, we know we need to book in for Tassie as well. Look, I, I, think, it's, uh, I think it's great that uh, Tassie's locked in for 2015. It's, um, it's a good little circuit. You know, it's uh, always um, action-packed at the, at the track, so good on it. Folks, it does mean a lot to the series to be able to say they go to every state and most territories in the country. It hangs its hat on being a national series and among the, the big league, the major sports in Australia, it claims to be the only one that's truly national, um, played in all the, all the states and the Northern Territory. The only territory that misses out is the ACT, but we've been there and tried that. Uh, we can um, say Norfolk Island and a few other <coughs> island territories off the coast as well. Christmas Islands, yeah, let's have a race there. No, um, yeah, no, it's important. And could you imagine the... Christmas Island? Sorry, folks. Could you imagine Christmas Island with the Monaco type feel? Anyone turning up there on their luxury yacht would get turned back. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. We'd all be mistaken for um, asylum seekers, wouldn't we? All right, we probably shouldn't get into that. But um, no, Tasmania is an important part of the series historically, and you know, in the contemporary environment. And the V8 supercars claim, and they probably are the the biggest sporting event in Tasmania when they appear. So um, it's quite a vital, certainly historically, it's quite a vital part of the series. Mm. And there's no doubt the motor racing heritage down there is second to none. Longford, the Targa Tasmania are both events that, uh, well, for, I guess, uh, people who remember Longford and the Tasman series and Targa has just gone from strength to strength and really put asphalt rallying back or tarmac rallying back on the map in Australia. It's one of the great tarmac rallies of the world, full stop. So, Craig, you're deviating a bit from the running sheet here, aren't you? As is my will, because yeah. we're going to talk not, about not the story. Not what I was led to believe that I was going to be talking about we're, here. We're we talking about um, your story now, folks. Will oh, we do get to that, do we? Will 28 return in 2015? And does it improve the series? Uh, there was a lot of talk when they said there wasn't going to be 28 cars about, well, you don't notice those three cars running down the back. Do we get three cars back, folks, that'll be running up the front? <laughs> Probably not. Um, look, it doesn't hurt. It's, you know, V8 supercars have copped a lot of criticism for the field being reduced to 25. It really hasn't made any difference because, yes, you know, to be brutal about it, it was three cars at the back of the grid, so nobody's noticed. Um, but V8 supercars seem to think that for appearance purposes, and given the criticism they've had for the reduced field, um, they want to boost it back to 28. So the three racing entitlement contracts, the wrecks that were surrendered or handed back by Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport, Tony Delberto and Dean Fiore at the, before the start of this season, because they couldn't afford to run those entries, um, are on the market and tenders have been um, called for um, and they've got to be in by August the 1st. And how much interest is there? Well, according to V8 Supercars, a lot of interest. Um, others you talk to, not so much. I'm kind of hearing maybe three to four individuals or groups are interested in, uh, well, are going to put in bids. And uh, one of them certainly is is the new um, Kiwi team, Superbike Racing, which has already got the wild card for Bathurst, and they want to come into the series full time next year, and or are already a long way down the track, heading towards that with a you know an FPR prepared car again next year. So they're an obvious candidate. Um, where the other two wrecks will go is is 
really is anyone's guess um, and whether they will, you know, is the market strong enough to, to justify, you know, those li- those licenses, those wrecks were probably bought for, uh, let's call it $1.5 million, it may have been more or less. At the time, um, whether they're worth that much now is highly debatable. Um, you'd struggle probably, you know, to pull a million each now, and I'd suggest possibly even lower than that. So presumably I've speculated that V8 Supercars, the board of directors, has put a, a secret reserve, if you like. Um, there's some debate about that. Some people say there's no reserve price, but, you know, equally, you'd think there must be a certain level where they'll cut it off because they're not going to, you know, sell a, a wreck for $100,000, are they, if that's the highest bid? Plus, they've got an agreed figure that the previous holder is going to get for that wreck already. So they're obviously, well, any sort of business would say, if I've already guaranteed to buy something at price X, I want to sell it at X plus yeah, well, there's, there's some debate about that agreed price as well, what it is or what it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, some of this is, is, is quite... It's quite murky, and I think you know we've, there's more to come out of this story as well. So just stand by and watch, because I think well, there'll be some developments. Not all those involved are happy, no, let's put it that way. That is that is the truth. AJ, uh, from a, if you can put a television producer's hat on for a moment, it might be a stretch, but if you could do that, uh, would, we, would these three extra cars make it easier for you with maybe not on race day, but with everything that Speed's talking about planning in the weeks uh, in the in the weeks between races to be able to make more content. Um, I my personal opinion is the more drivers that we have, the more stories we get to tell. Um, so if you've got more cars competing, you've got more drivers. So theoretically, you should have more. Stories around that you can, uh, you know, tell the backstories. More drivers that you can uh, that you can tell the story of. So I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah, why not? But of course, uh, AJ, it does mean that all the team owners have to split their pie twenty-eight ways, not twenty-five, and that is another key aspect of uh, of the whole situation. And uh, don't forget, the pie is now smaller now that Archer's. Um, you know, in control of the series, and the, the team owners have already sold off a fair chunk of their wrecks before, and the, the pie's even smaller now. But, you know, I mean, it depends on how strong the sponsorship dollar is. If your sponsorships are high, then, you know, um, you, you know, who knows what they're getting, you know, from their uh, their sort of wreck money. Um, in the previous years, they've, I, I don't well, think they're getting nothing much, at the so, moment. Yeah, so can't, exactly. So. Can't help but get better. Yes. That's the big hope that the new media deal will restore the well. They hope fat levels of um, you know their share of the team share of the profits. It's not not never going to be back to the glory days of you know seven fifty eight hundred thousand dollars per wreck. Mm. Um, well, especially not now that the pie is smaller. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the team the now other... only own thirty five percent of the sport. Mm. You know, compared with. Um, what was it, 75% before. The other critical thing to remember is that the teams were living on a false economy because they were getting 75%. Tony Cochran often said, Vat Supercars is the biggest sponsor of the teams. And due to that fact, they weren't as, you know, they weren't as hard at 
selling that sponsorship. And for years we saw cars running liveries of family companies and, and the like, whereas if, uh, if they were getting the percentages that they're getting now, they would have had to be a lot more aggressive in that marketplace. And that's an interesting one because we already see people talking about the poaching problem in V8 supercars, Andrew. Well, exactly, and there's, uh, you know, I mean, teams get, uh, you know, sponsors kind of get poached from team to team, depending on what year it is, and, you know, the teams have really had to be aggressive with their sponsorship at the moment, because it's a, it's a hard market out there, but hopefully things are starting to turn around, uh, and, you know, hopefully with there's some more sponsorship that can come into the series over the next couple of years, and some, you know, I mean, Erebus have just recently put out their little video they did to try and entice some sponsors now that the, um, financial years ticked along so hopefully that resonates with some people and they uh and there's some you know t- t- um, people looking to to major sponsor a team is that a problem folks financial budgets are normally set in march and april not in july uh exactly it's an interesting move by erebus um i'm tempted to say it smacks of desperation but you know they're putting themselves out there. They may be leaving their, their run a little late. Um, a, a lot of budgets, do, in fact, are actually set for the, for the following, well, you know, oddly calendar year, and, and it, a lot of it comes up in September, October. So they may not have left their run too late. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's better than doing nothing. But, you know, they've been struggling to get outside backing, and clearly they need it now. Betty Komenko's pockets are not bottomless as a lot of people assume and sponsorship has never in sport has never been harder to get ever you know the glory days of of open checks you know open budgets from sponsors has gone and that's in in worldwide sport at almost every level except at the very very top of all the big sports so there are more teams out there in v8 supercar land not to mention motorsport in general that are very much on the edge of survival and i don't think people quite understand how perilous the existence of some teams is and and some that you wouldn't expect Mm. um there are some obvious candidates but there's some other teams there that are really right on the edge and if the financial situation for the teams doesn't improve radically and quickly um some are going to fall by the wayside Mm. and and i also think on that point that as as fans, we also need to take a little bit of the burden as well. And for those teams that have memberships and that sort of thing, sign up, be a member, and all that money goes back into the team. It can only help mm, your fact, chosen team that you support. In fact, I'll uh, give a plug for Supercars today. Tomorrow we hear from Simon McNamara talking about uh, memberships for teams and and uh, his manufacturers with his manufacturer's hat on. A break here on Inside Supercars, and we'll be back with more in just a few moments. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's, it's no fun back there, trust me. Trust me. It's no fun at all. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. You'd be a proponent of that because you're not paying it. For it, so I can promise you that um, ultimately, for the people that are paying for it, it's not. It will never happen. Supercars today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au, or sign up for the podcast today.
Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars as Andrew Hawkins from Speed TV and Mark Fogarty from, well, Fairfax, Auto Action. He's got so many hats, it's uh, hard to keep up. I'm like a Russian doll. (laughs) One of those teams you have talked about being on a precipice seems to have lived its life for the last probably 10 years on a precipice, and that's DJR. A, a lot of talk about the uh, Penske, potential Penske buyout. Your uh, your paper, Auto Action, is saying Penske's putting their plans on hold, which is uh, quite an interesting situation because uh, Penske was seen to be the white knight once again for DJR. And I just keep shaking my head saying, why would Penske want to buy into what is, to put it nicely, a train wreck? Financially, it has been a train wreck, you know, stumble from one crisis to another in recent years but the reason Penske was interested and I think they're still interested but you're right something has slowed down the process Um, not quite sure what's going on there but it's all gone a bit quiet but the reason Penske is interested in DJR instead of starting his own team is simply the infrastructures existing and DJR's got one of the best factory setups in V8 supercars it's quite old but it's a, it's a huge facility by comparison with many others, and it's very well equipped. And historically, motor racing, it, it's actually easier, you know, to take over even a struggling team and build on it and make something successful out of that than starting from scratch. So that's the main reasoning. Where it's going, where it's gone, there is a question mark over it. It has all gone very quiet. I spoke to Roger Pensky in Detroit um, at the beginning of June, and he was still very keen to get involved in V8 supercars. He was adamant at the time that nothing had been decided or finalised. And subsequently, um, in mid-June, he made a trip out here to look at his business interests and obviously spent a lot of time talking with the DJR principals while he was out here. What's happened since, quite frankly, I don't know. There are some concerns that um, it may have gone a bit cold, but we'll just have to wait and see. It's quite curious that at the... DJR Open Day that they're hosting on um, this coming Sunday, I believe. In the promotions for it, they're flagging a special announcement. What is that special announcement? I mean, how special can it be, you know, short of some new ownership or something, although it still seems an odd way to announce it, but I'll just throw that out there. Mm, well, AJ... Uh... And, by the way, Craig, yes? clearly the team is still struggling financially because... Whatever they say, the reason that Campbell Little left DJR or is no longer working with them is purely financial reasons. AJ, they did clearly say finances were a, were a factor in that departure. Well, exactly, and it's it's very hard to turn up and you know not have that much development to do on the cars because you're limited by financial problems, and and that those you know I mean DJR's financial situation has been the kind of the hippopotamus in the room the last few years you know there's no getting away from it everyone's talking about it up and down pit lane so yeah there's, there's, if you've got nothing to motivate you when you turn up to work to do because you've got no, no nothing no money to put into development and all that sort of stuff then you go well why am i here i'm going to go elsewhere mm. i think it goes deeper than that but yeah you don't want to share or can we read about it the one of your many <laughs> russian hats <laughs> well it, you know it, 
it's a money issue, but how deep it goes and, and, and the real issue is just probably I know a little more than I'm able to say. But you can read between the lines. Yes, yes. We're a break. <laughs> Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page. And to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck for Daniel Ricciardo's old man to have found a few mates to tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be Inside a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, Mark Fogarty. Well, as I mentioned earlier, the clash, potential clash, or the looming clash between the Bathurst 12-hour and the pre-season V8 Supercars test next February has been very controversial, and this all broke while I was away overseas in my usual mid-year jaunt. But I've had a look at it since I've been back, and can't say too much, but it may not... be all it seems. A lot of the criticisms that are going around may be misaimed. So I'm investigating this, and as soon as I can find out more, I'll write it in one of my my outlets. But um, on the surface, it seems that how it's been portrayed so far is not entirely the true case. Uh-huh. I will investigate. Andrew Hawkins. That sounds like an interesting thing. I'm looking forward to reading Fogg's article. Um, I'd just like to... My final thought is really the um, the, you know, the guy, the V8 supercar guys, you know, Lounsey and Richo and the Giz racing at Spa this weekend. I think that's going to be highly interesting and um, I'll be glued to the uh, the race highlights next Thursday at 7.30 on the 31st of July on Speed. Bathurst City Council is looking to rename Mount Panorama to co-name it, in fact, with the uh, people of the Indigenous people of the area. I'm wondering if we go to Queensland Raceway, would... Uh, Perhaps changing the name to the Jagiri, Yagura or the Yuragabu people help with making the track a little bit more interesting. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Supercars. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. 